This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Uh, man, this verse that, that's always spoke to me so much, and it's Proverbs 4.23. The title of our message tonight is this, is Guard Your Heart. Guard Your Heart. And some of you are familiar with this verse, but... You got to realize, man, that your heart as a human being, your heart is the essential, you know, one of the essential pieces to the puzzle here for your body to function. Right. But we know that in Scripture, when we see the word heart, that's not talking about the blood pump. That's talking about your spirit. Okay, so when we see the word heart in the Bible, nine times out of ten, it's talking about your spirit. Spirit, okay? And so we know that when someone's born again, you know, we give our hearts to Jesus. We're giving our, our spirit to Jesus. I mean, I'll give him my body, I'll give him my soul, I'll give him everything I am. But, uh, but my spirit becomes born again when Jesus Christ is asked into my heart, right? And my spirit is what goes to heaven someday. My body and my soul, they don't go, but my spirit does. And so keep that in mind as we're studying tonight that the word heart in this instance is talking about your spirit. But you got to look at this verse, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. So let's open our Bibles tonight to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Amen. You're not excited yet, but you will be. Just, I know. We're, we're going to get you there. Right, hang on. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. And man, I, I looked this up in probably 20 different translations of the Bible, just because it's interesting to see uh, different wordings and stuff like this. But Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 in the New Living Translation, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Think about that. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Your body it shouldn't determine the course of your life, right? You know, your emotions, your soul, uh, you know, your emotions, they shouldn't determine the course of your life. It says to guard your heart above everything else, for it determines the course of your life. And in the, the older uh, translation of the New Living, it says above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Guard your heart above all else for it affects everything you do. Now, we're talking about our spirit, but even in the natural realm, think about that. If I'm going out to battle, okay, if I'm if I'm a soldier back in this day when it's more hand to hand and and swords and stuff like that. I mean, I'm going to want my, you know, a helmet and all that stuff, but I'm going to it's very, very specifically. I'm going to guard my heart, man. I don't I mean, I don't want you stabbing me in the arm, but that's a whole lot better than you getting a heart shot at me. Right. And so the scripture tells us above everything else, you've got to guard your heart because it determines the course of your life. Whatever's going on on the inside is the direction that your life's going to go on the outside. And so somebody that has peace with God in their heart. They're going to peace is going to lead them throughout their life. Somebody that has turmoil and chaos in their heart and their heart is destructive. We're talking about your spirit. They're going to go that direction in life and it's going to turn out really ugly. So guard your heart. Why? Because it determines the course of your life. It affects everything you do. The King James, I think, says for out of it flow the issues of life. 
Okay, your heart, your spirit is so vitally important. And most people, they don't get it. They're focused on this natural world. They're focused on, you know, what's going to make their body feel good. They're focused on, you know, what's going to make their emotions happy and and all this stuff. And so you got to realize that a human being and we've said this, but let's review here. A human being, you know, we're made in the image of God, right? Genesis one twenty six. How is God? How is God? He's a three part being father, son, Holy Spirit. Well, naturally, he made man in his image. So human beings are a three part being as well. You are uh, you not the you're not the Holy Trinity, but you are a triune being. You're you know what I mean? And so you're made of spirit, soul and body. You're a three part being like God is. OK. And so most of the time, though, we're all we're focused on the wrong part of our being. The real, real you, the most important part of you is the part that can't be seen. It's the spirit. And that's why we pay the least amount of attention to it, because we're like, well, I can't see that. I mean, I'm, I'm focused on I'm hungry. I need to get me a Big Mac right now, man. You know, we're focused on what's going to make us happy in the time being. And listen, that somebody that's that they're chasing what their body's telling them to do. They're they're a mess, man. They are a wreck. And it's even worse. Somebody that's controlled by their soul. I mean, they're 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 a they're a disastrous wreck. So guard your heart. Above everything else, you've got to take care of your spirit because it affects everything you do and it determines the course of your life. And so as I was praying about this, like, man, th- there is a lot of things to guard our hearts from. I mean, I just sat there thinking and I mean, I came up with a list of like 20 things in about five, five minutes there. And I'm like, man, well, we can't have a 20 point sermon on a Sunday night. We'll be there till next Sunday. So so I was like, God, let's narrow it down to, to about three things here that that you want us to guard our hearts from. And so this is a small list of three things that the Lord spoke to me. And there, there there's tons of things to guard your heart from. And and as we go into this. These three points, they, uh, this is kind of shotgun here. They, they seem like they have nothing to do with each other. So you're going to think, Pastor Dave, you've lost your way. Your sermon is all over the, all over the place here. No, I'll bring it together in the end. And so there's three things that I want you to guard your hearts against tonight. Okay. And the first thing is this. Number one is gossip. Now, this is, I don't think I've ever even preached a sermon on gossip. Out of 10 years of doing this full time, I've never preached a sermon on gossip. And the sad thing is, is that gossip seems to be one of those sins that we kind of just let slide. You know what I mean? Us Christians, we have a few that we're, you know, we seem like we're kind of okay with. And, and, and I mean, it, it is true that some sins are worse than others. I don't believe that all sins are equal. Some people believe that, but study the scripture. There are something that's a lot worse to go kill someone than it is to steal a candy bar. You can't tell me that those are equal. That's stupid. You can't, you know, I, I, you know, what Saddam Hussein did, mass genocide, is a lot worse than, you know, when I stole a Coke when I was eight years old. I shouldn't have done it, but what he did was a lot worse. So don't tell me that it's, it's not, okay? But the truth of the matter is this, though, is that gossiping is a sin and it will totally affect your life. And if gossip, if those seeds get planted in your heart, it will determine the course of your life. It'll affect everything you do. And so we will mainly be in the Proverbs tonight. There's so many Proverbs about this topic. So let's go ahead and start over here in Proverbs chapter 16, 16. So flip over a few pages. But, you know, gossip, like I said, this isn't something that we we think too much about, but it, it, it seems to be one of those sins that we just let slide by. And who would agree that it's a lot easier to gossip and slander 
in our day and age than it probably was even, you know, 20 years ago. You know what I mean? When I was a kid, I couldn't get online and destroy you like I could right now. You know what I mean? I could totally zap you and destroy your character and everything. No, I wouldn't do that, but you know what I mean? It's just, it's sadly so easy to gossip and, and spread rumors and, and it is, it is just insane. And I've seen stuff, you've seen, man, someone will just, just for fun and be, be silly, they'll post something on, some silly rumor online about this celebrity did this and within a matter of hours it's viral and the whole world oh my gosh what happened to the so-and-so and it turns out they're totally fine just somebody started a rumor and within 10 minutes it spread the entire course of planet earth because it's that easy to spread gossip and rumor in the digital age so gossip though uh, proverbs chapter 16 and verse 28 It says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. And it's true, man. I've seen seen relationships destroyed over gossip. Over stuff that people don't even take the time to come talk to each other about. But it's totally ripped friendships and, man, probably marriages and everything else apart over something as silly as gossip. And you've got to watch out because when somebody uh, uh, lets gossip fully take root in their heart, they no longer just spread gossip. They are a gossip. You know what I mean? And it says right here that a troublemaker goes around planting seeds of strife. And that is a person that I, I, if you're someone that you're, you are a gossip and you want to go around planting seeds of strife, you can stay away from me, man. I don't want nothing to do with you. Nothing. And I see people like that. They, they go from person to person. Oh man, wait till you hear this. Someone, you know what she did on Friday night, man? I, I, I'm just saying it though. I just keep them in prayer, okay? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying I just, uh, pastor, I just want to bring it to you so we can be in prayer for so-and-so. Just so you know, he's doing this, this, and this. And well, the Bible says that's wrong. Am I, am I right? I mean, can we just pray for them right now? And I'm thinking, yeah, you're here for prayer, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. No, I, I get it. There's a, you just want to go planting seeds of strife. I get that. And you wanted to come over here and plant some right here. But my heart is closed to seeds of strife. You're not planting them here. You can go plant them somewhere else, but they're not, it's not going to happen right here. And so troublemakers, they plant seeds of strife and gossip. It separates even the best of friends. Gossip is a nasty, nasty, disgusting thing. And it will shred your heart and your spirit to pieces. And don't for one minute think that God's going to use you if you're a gossip. Don't plan on it. Don't ask him. He will not use a gossip. He has no need to use you. Why, why, would, he, why would he tell you his revelations? Why would he tell you his secrets and his promises? You'd probably foul it up and go, you know, just twist it somehow and, and put your own spin on it because you can't control your tongue. Someone that can't control their tongue is a nasty person. And I mean, I'm, I know I'm sounding super mean tonight, but let's just get, all right, look at this one. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19. You're already in 16. You might as well look over at chapter 20. Chapter 20, verse 19. And I like this one in the Living Bible. It says this, Don't tell your secrets to a gossip unless you want them broadcast to the world. 
Don't tell your secrets to a gossip unless you want them broadcast to the world. And I mean, I'm a private guy anyway. I'm there's like probably no one other than my wife and my immediate family that I'm going to go tell my secrets to anyway. I am not the guy that's if I had a bad day, you're going to see me online telling everybody that, you know, that someone cut me off in traffic and now my day just stinks, stinks, stinks. I, I'm not that type of dude. OK, but. It says right here, man, you tell, if you tell your secrets to a gossip, they're going to broadcast them to the whole world. And I have seen this so many times where somebody, they thought they were telling somebody something in confidence. And next thing they know, like everybody knows their business because they told their secrets to a gossip. And if a gossip 2000 years ago could, could spread the news pretty quickly. I mean, think about it. Well, this is longer than 2000 years, but 3000 years ago could spread your business in a matter of minutes. How much more so can a gossip spread your business right now? This is I mean, this is crazy. The Bible talked about this, man, that they'll, they'll broadcast your business to the whole world. That's wrong. And you know what happens when you're on the receiving end of that? That starts to affect your spirit because you start getting mad. You start getting bitter. You start getting angry because you've dealt with a gossip. You've done business with a gossip. And so it's just this is wisdom for everybody, man. This is just wise stuff. Good advice right here. Don't go telling everybody your business. Have a very close, 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 tight knit circle of people that you tell your stuff to, man. Very close because Listen, that's going to backfire on you and you're going to be bitter. You're going to be angry. You're going to hate people. You're going to resent people. It's going to be nasty. And so this is just godly advice. And the book of Proverbs even tells us that, man, it is wise to keep your mouth shut. The more that you keep your mouth shut, the more wise that you are. And so don't tell your secrets to gossip unless you want them broadcast to the whole world. So we're mainly in Psalms tonight. Let's flip over to, uh, excuse me, we're mainly in Proverbs. Let's flip over to Psalms for just a second. We're going to look at Psalm 141. Psalm 141. I've got 10 years of gossip preaching to catch up on right here. So you're going to get, you're going to get a few gossip scriptures. I can't believe that I have been in youth ministry 10 years and have never talked about gossip. Maybe I have somewhere in there. Maybe I have, but I just, not that I recall right now. Not that I recall right now. Man, you know what? If there's any youth in here, guess what you're hearing about Wednesday night? But I don't see very many of them here. Yeah, I see a few. Okay. Yeah, I see a bunch of them. All right, you youth group ladies, we're recycling this one on Wednesday, so be ready. Psalm 141, verse 3. And uh, this one is a psalm of David, and I like this in the, the Living Bible again. He says, help me, Lord, to keep my mouth shut and my lips sealed. Who could use that prayer? Who could cry out and say, help me, Lord? I, I apparently can't do this on my own because I always open my big pie hole and say something stupid. You know, and may, maybe you need to ask God for a little bit of extra help and say, help me, Lord. Keep my lips sealed. Help me to keep my mouth shut. Because it's better to say nothing at all than to go around being a gossip and spreading things, right? And again, why, why are we even talking about this? Because gossiping will affect your heart. And your heart determines the course of your life. Your heart affects everything you do. Jesus put it this way. He said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever is in your heart, you're going to talk about. If you're madly in love with Jesus... 
you're going to talk about Jesus all the time, man. If Jesus got a hold of your heart, you're going to go around telling people, man, I just want to tell you what the Lord did for me today. Do you have a minute? But I mean, if something else has a hold of your heart, man, your, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your, your husband, your wife, you'll talk about them. Man, maybe sports got a hold of your heart. Maybe your hobby. You'll, I mean, it is not hard to identify what's on somebody's heart. They will start talking about it within a matter of minutes, no matter what it is. It just comes out. Why is that? Because Jesus told us whatever's on your heart comes out of your mouth. And if gossip is on your heart, it's going to come out of your mouth. And we're going to know about it. And we're not going to want to hang out with you anymore. We don't want to be around you. All right. So, um, so if you need to be like King David, he prayed this prayer. He said, man, help me, Lord, help me to keep my mouth shut and my lips sealed. Now, I don't know if he was talking about gossip there, but that's just good advice. You know, help me, Lord, to keep my mouth shut and my lips sealed. And the main proverb that I want to get at for this is Proverbs 18, 8. You've got to see this. This is it right here. Proverbs 18 and verse 8. And so maybe you're thinking, well, this isn't really an issue that I struggle with. Well, we're getting to your issues in a second. Right now we're dealing with the gossips. <laughs> you're somewhere in here. You have issues and we're going to we're going to identify yours next. But some of you in here, you, you struggle with gossip. You know, let's just get real. There's definitely people in here that probably struggle with gossip. So so let's get it. Proverbs 18, verse eight. Oh, this is a good one. It says rumors are dainty morsels. That sink deep into one's rumors are dainty morsels. And, you know, I know some, you know, some people, it's like it is a dainty little morsel. Like, oh, yeah, I'll take some of that. Yeah, let me hear that. I want to I need to know what's going on so I can pray, too. Let me hear. And so, so, you know, they, they want to hear the, you know, they need the latest dainty morsel. They need the scoop of the day. They need to know, you know, everybody's business. OK, yeah, well, I want to hear that, that. Oh, yeah. OK. And what happens when you just take a hold of these dainty morsels? It penetrates deep into the heart. And a seed that is planted deep, you don't see the you don't see the fruit of it immediately, but it's growing super deep roots. I mean, when you dig down, you plant a seed down there. It may take a while for it to break forth out of the ground, and you can start seeing 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 that seed. But it's it's in there, and it's planting, and the roots are growing deeper and deeper. And roots, when they grow, they get up to stuff, and they hug it, and they squeeze it, and they grow around things, and they tangle up. And some people's hearts. The, the gossiping seed is so deep that, that, that it's planted and the roots are there and it's grabbed a hold of their heart and they don't realize it, but it affects everything they do. It determines the course of their life. They might make decisions off of a rumor they heard, not even check it out. That, oh, I, I heard so-and-so is doing this. This may be my chance to go in and try to, you know, take their spot. So-and-so, man, I heard. And they don't, even, they don't, it's crazy. It affects everything they do. And so gossiping may seem like one of those silly little sins that we don't talk about, but it's a great big deal to God and he doesn't like it. And so this is something that as Christians, we're going to have to take a hold of. You need to get to a place where you refuse to listen to gossip. I'm serious about that. I worked at this one job and man, everybody there it was it was the rumor mill. It was gossip, gossip, gossip. And I don't know about you, but every job I've ever worked at, there seems to just be this hate relationship between day shift and night shift. You know what I mean? Why is that? That's stupid. And so here I am, you know, I work in the day shift 
And, and of course, as soon as I get in every morning, oh, wait till you hear what those rats on night shift did last night. Oh, man, this is good. And I heard her. You know what she did? She, oh, my God, don't even get me started on her. And so, you know, after a while, I'm a good, solid Christian. But after a while, I'm starting to think, yeah, man, those night shift people, they're lazy. They're bums. They don't do nothing, man. Get in here. I have to do the dishes and prep the food. Oh, they're not. They're, oh, my. What do they what do they even do? And so, you know, every day. And so I'm starting to get in there where, uh, yeah, I'm ready to come in and hear the latest juice of the day, man. Yeah, I'm 6 a.m. Let's hear what's going on. Like, gosh. And so one day it, it, it hits me, man. What's going on here? Why am I partaking of this? Junk, and so I made it. I made a determination. God, I am not going to listen to gossip and rumors anymore. It's done. When they come to me in the morning, and they will come to me in the morning, it's guaranteed. They'll be there. They'll be there. When they get, when I get there, I am not. I'm going to tell them I'm not listening to it. And so, sure enough, I get there, and all these ladies come up. I was the only guy in this particular spot. I'm not saying ladies are more prone to gossip. But the scripture does have more warnings to women on gossiping than men. <laughs> Hold on. Now, Paul, Paul was talking to Titus and Timothy about pastoring their churches. And he told them for the women, he's like, and you instruct the women how to live godly lives. Tell them to stay away from gossip. And but then but then there's no, I, I, I debated even bringing this point up. But but it is true that there, there are different sins that seem to target the different sexes more than the other. Right. Because there's not a lot of warnings to women in the Bible about lust. Women don't. I mean, they deal with it and men deal with gossip. We all deal with all of it. But men are a lot more prone to lust after a woman. You know what I mean? And so the most there's a lot of those that are that are targeted towards men. So we each have things we're dealing with. Right. Amen. Okay, so some of you look like you're going to kill me right now. So It's not a rumor. You're really looking that way. So, man, this is a crazy subject. So, okay, so here we go. So I show up to work in the morning, and sure enough, here come all the ladies. Oh, man, I got a good one. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, time out. Listen, I, I've decided I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be part of the gossip anymore. I don't want to... And, you know, I, I feel it's affecting me. I feel that it's wrong biblically. And they weren't like they weren't on fire Christians by any means. <laughs> and so and so they're like, what are you serious? Like, what's, man, what's up with you? And, and I was like, I just I don't want I don't want to I don't want to hear stuff about people. And, and I was like, it's gossip and it's wrong. And she said, it's only gossip if it's not true. <laughs> I'm like. That's your logic. So, so if there's a bad fact about something, it's totally okay to just absolutely just tear them apart on it. And, and I was like, no, it's still gossip. And I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be involved in it anymore. And so I don't know if maybe I was the new topic in the rumor mill. Maybe I was. But either way, it's okay. It's okay. But I chose to let go of that. And when I let go of being a part of that, man, I felt a whole lot better. I had a lot more joy. I had a lot more peace. I, and I didn't have to, man, I didn't care about all their stuff anymore. And that's the way it should be. You don't need to be surrounded by gossip. And, you know, the, the best example I can think of this that we talk about so much is, is Brother, Brother Hagen, man. This man refused. Okay, if you don't know who Kenneth Hagen was, one of the most powerful men of God that I've ever witnessed, um, anyway, so we could go into all that, but, but brother Hagen, people were amazed by his faith. Great things happened through his faith, but it was his love and his refusal to talk about other people that stands out more than anything. 
I was just watching last night an, an interview uh, with him, like in 2002, and and he was telling this story. Somebody, uh, this this young man, he told his pastor, "I want to go to school at Rama Bible Training Center," and the pastor said, "No, that's no, don't go over there. Those those people are faith yahoos. They're nuts. They'll they'll brainwash a man." And so the kid went to the Bible college anyway. And so he comes back on Christmas break, and the pastor says. So I guess you're a faith expert now. You know all about that faith stuff. He's like, well, to be honest with you, I wouldn't say I've heard all about faith. What I've heard mainly about is love and how to treat other people. I, I, they've taught me all about love. And the pastor started crying and he was like, oh my gosh, here I am. I've been slandering this ministry. I've been gossiping and, and all this stuff about them. And what they've been teaching you about is love. And even Kenneth Hagin's son, Kenneth Hagin Jr., he was even talking about when he was a kid. Sometimes his mom would say, you know, honey, talking to the dad, hey, so-and-so, they're out there. They think that you're this, this, and this. And he'd say, well, you don't know that. You don't know that. She'd say, I heard him say it myself. And he'd say, well, they could have changed their mind since then. Let's not talk about it. I mean, that takes some spiritual maturity right there. For somebody to say, so-and-so is talking about you, 99.9% of people I know would say, oh yeah, what'd they say? I want to know what they said. But it, when a mature Christian would say, eh, they could have changed their mind. Maybe they didn't mean it. I don't care. What's the matter to me? Right. Who cares? But the results that Kenneth Hagin got were out of this world. And why is that? It wasn't just because of his great faith. It was more so because of his love and his refusal participate in stupid things like gossip. Amen. Okay. So gossip will really affect your heart. The second thing we'll talk about is this. You need to guard your heart from fear. From fear. Now, again, these points, they seem like they have nothing to do with each other, but we're going to get somewhere if you hang with me. So guard your heart from gossip, but guard your heart from fear. Now, it's one thing to get startled or momentarily frightened by, you know, something. I mean, you know, whatever. And, you know, maybe you, 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 you get a little fear to come to you, but it's a whole other thing to let fear take control of your heart. You know what I mean? I've seen people where fear controls their heart. And your heart determines the course of your life. It affects everything you do. So fear from that point forward determines every decision that these people make. They won't, they won't go anywhere. They won't talk to people that, you know, that, you know, that fear says, no, don't go, don't go talk to them. You, you can't. They may be mean. Don't, don't go, don't apply for that job. You'd never get it. You know, don't, don't, don't step out. Don't do this. No, don't go over there. No, 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 no. And fear determines and makes their decisions for them. Why? Because fear took control of your heart and your heart determines the course of your life. That's why you've got to guard your heart above all things. And so when fear is what makes your decisions for you, I found out you make really bad decisions. You make terrible decisions when they're motivated by fear. Yeah, you don't, I mean, that, that's an awful boat to be in. Fear should not be the driving force for your decisions. And so Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, Proverbs 12, verse 25. Proverbs 12, verse 25. This reminds me of a song I heard like a couple days ago. I was in a store. There's a, this old song, you know, worry, worries have me since the day I was born. You know, and it's trouble. Oh, trouble. And it's talking about trouble has been after me since the day I was born. Hey, anyone ever heard that song? And I'm, I'm like, my God, what is wrong with you, man? What kind of sick person wrote that? You are sick. Jeez. And it wasn't a Christian song, but my God, that is sick. Who would sing that? Proverbs 12, verse 25. It says, worry weighs a person down. 
An encouraging word cheers a person up. But right here, it says, worry weighs a person down. And have you ever been in such a state of fear and worry that you literally, it is weighing you down? I mean, you, you, it starts in your heart and, and in, your, in your soul, your emotions and everything. But it can even get to the point where fear is affecting your body and weighing you down. You feel tired. You feel drained. You feel sluggish. You feel like the life's been sucked out of you. And it's because fear and, and this anxiety it got a hold of your heart. And it didn't just stay there. It affected everything about you. And so worry, it will weigh a person down. And you know, sometimes you've heard the phrase, well, they've got a spirit of heaviness right now. No, duh. Yeah, they've got a spirit of heaviness. Yeah. And it's weighing them down. And you, sometimes you look at someone like, man, they're not even being themselves anymore. What's going on there? That's not this. That's not the girl I knew. That's not the guy I knew. What? What's going on? They, they just and, and listen, something got control of their heart. Something got control of their heart. You know, we're seeing the symptoms. We're seeing the, the you know, the the fruit of whatever was planted in their heart. But but listen, we're, we're always we're always judging the. Uh, the circumstances and, and, and what we can see. But what we really need to be looking at is that's, that, that's just a side effect of what's going on in the heart right now. They're weighed down right now. Anxiety, worry, stress has got a hold of their heart. Fear got them. It got them. And it's affecting everything they do. It's determining the course of their life. And so, yeah, it's a spirit of heaviness. But I want to tell you this, that God he likes to make trades with us. He likes to make trades. And I'm, you know, I'm not a businessman at all. Not, and I'm not good at But when I was a kid, I, I, I did collect baseball and basketball cards. And I did get pretty good at trading those with other people. Me and Josh, we'd get our $5 allowance. We'd tithe to God 50 cents. And then the other 450 went to the baseball card shop. <laughs> and so we, man, we'd spend our Saturday down there, wouldn't we? We'd just be digging through cards and... Man, you could buy a lot of baseball cards for $4.50 back in 1992. You know what I mean? That was good stuff. And so we'd be down there. and, and But, but uh, somehow this one kid, a complete knucklehead, he, he came across a three-part set of the 1992 Olympic Dream Team. I mean, this was a set that was worth some money. He had, he had Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, John Stockton, Carl Malone. He had the Birdman, Larry Bird. He had, he had like all these, and, and it was all right there. And I see this set, and I'm like, want to make a trade match? <laughs> and, so, and so he's like, yeah, oh, and I had this one card of this basketball player that he just loved. And, and this guy was super good at the time, but he ended up having a career-ending injury like the next season after this, which is really bad but so anyway i'm like yes i will give you the penny hardaway card for all three of those and he's like done deal where do i start yeah and so he trades me and i looked up the value of this like a couple years ago and it's for for cards it's pretty good it's up there and i've still got it and i held on to it but the thing of the matter is this is that i traded him one thing and and he gave me three things and what he gave me was a whole lot better than what I gave him. And God, he trades us things in life. He says, you give me this and I'll give you this. First Peter 5, 7, throw it up there. It says, cast all your cares upon the Lord in the King James Version. Cast all your cares upon the Lord for he cares for you. But First Peter 5, 7 in the New Living says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. 
So imagine this. God's saying, hey, give me that. I will take that from you. And so whatever this worry, this care is you're holding on to, God's saying, you give me that. But God's not just asking for you to give this to him. Second Timothy 1, 7. OK, second Timothy 1, 7. King James says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. And in the New Living Translation, it says he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And the New Living says, and, and self-control. He's not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power, spirit of power, love, and self-control. So think about this right here. It says he's not given us fear, but he did give us something. He gave us power. He gave us love. He gave us a sound mind. And so he's saying, I will trade you three things. I'll trade you Power, love, and a sound mind if you'll give me that, that worry that you have right there. Give me that anxiety. Just cast it on me. Just give, give it to me. Give it, give it to me. And instead, I'm, I'm going to give you, I'll trade you. I'll give you power, love, and a sound mind. How's that sound? And you don't have to be a genius to realize, like, that's a, that is not a fair trade at all. That's, that's not fair. But I'm going to do it because I'm not looking at fair right now. I'm looking at how to live my life. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. You just cast all your cares on me. I'll take care of it for you. And so there's so many people that fear is controlling their life, but it doesn't have to be that way. And so God, he always makes sure that you get the better end of the deal. And if you'll let fear control your heart, it'll drive you crazy. It'll control your mind, too. It won't just stay in your heart. Fear will move to your mind. It'll eventually move to your body and affect you physically. And so notice that Jesus said, you don't need that. I'm giving you a spirit of a sound mind. Oh, my gosh. To have a sound mind is one of the greatest gifts that the Lord ever gave us. To have a sound mind is a gift from heaven. Because, listen, I know people that don't have a sound mind. They're nuts. And I don't want to be around them. They're crazy, man. I'm so serious right now to see somebody that doesn't have a sound mind is a nasty thing to look at. And Jesus said, listen, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear. I've given you power, love, and I'm giving you a sound mind. That's one of the best gifts that he ever gave us right there. He gave us salvation. He's given us joy, peace. He's given us so many things. But on top of the list of things that I'm thankful for is the gift of a sound mind. I don't have to be controlled by anxiety, turmoil, fear, and I don't have to be a crazy nut. I can have a sound mind. That's a gift from God right there, folks. Yeah, that's something to get excited about. And so guard your heart. From gossip, from fear. And the last thing we're going to say tonight is this, is from bitterness. You've got to guard your heart from bitterness. Now, again, there's a, I mean, we could have, there's this list to go on for hundreds of things. There's a lot of things that we need to guard our hearts from. But we've narrowed it down to these three things tonight. And a bitter heart is a very terrible thing to deal with. It's like having heart disease. It'll, it'll destroy you. Quicker than most other things will. It'll probably destroy you quicker than gossip or anything else will. Having bitterness in your heart will absolutely bring you down really, really quick. It's not good. And, um, man, your heart, it could be bitter towards other people. It could be bitter towards God. Some people, their own heart is bitter towards themselves. They hate themselves. 
That's awful. You know, maybe your, your heart is bitter towards circumstances in life or, or again, maybe even towards yourself. But listen, you can't let it get there. You can't let bitterness take over you. Because I, I, I know people that have bitter hearts. They're not bad people. Man, they, they've had bad things happen to them. I mean, if you were going by the world standards and if we were walking by, you know, our, our leaning to our own understanding and not trusting in the Lord with all of our heart, man, you could say, well, they deserve it, man. They've got a bad hand dealt to them. They deserve to be bitter. But listen, that doesn't, listen, God said, I've got something better for you than bitterness. Okay, I get it. I see what you've been through. But listen, throw that away, man. Throw that away. Because when we let go of that and let God come in and have his way, it's so much better. I and, and, you know, I, I've, I've, I talk to people, man, and sometimes people, you know, I, I've had someone I've been praying with and <clears throat> trying to help lately that just say they're making extremely stupid decisions. And, and I'm like, OK, how's that working out for you? You want to go that route? How's that? that? That's obviously just working out beautifully for you right now, because every time I see you, your life is worse. Yeah. Keep it up. And I'm not being mean. But it's like, gosh, you know, yeah, you have every right to do that. You have every right to to go down that path. And it's just apparently just brilliantly working out for you because you're you're more depressed. You hate more people. You you know, you you you, you're losing everything left and right. And you're still hanging on to that that little thing you want to hold on. Yeah. Keep it up, man. Wow. Going good. And, you know, that sounds sarcastic and mean, but it's like, man, trust in the Lord with all your Lean not to your own understanding, your own mind, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He'll show you which path to take, man. He'll get you back on the right road. And so trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all your spirit. And so many people are leaning to their own understanding and and trying to figure out, you know, how they can do it. And it's not going to work that way. You've got to trust in the Lord with all your heart. And so when we have bitterness or unforgiveness in our hearts, listen, it's almost impossible to get prayers answered with a bitter heart. And that, that sounds super mean. Galatians 5, 6 tells us, I, I don't know if I put that up there. Galatians 5, 6 tells us that your faith works by love. It says, in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything or uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. How do prayers get answered? By faith. How does a car run? Well, one, one way is you put gas in it. Cars runneth by fuel, right? You know, you could have the most beautiful car. You could have, you could have a, you know, a $200,000 sports car. But if you don't have fuel in it, that I don't care how beautiful it looks on the outside. You ain't going anywhere. You know, my first car was a 1980 Chevette. And it was slow. Slow. Zero to 60, I mean, in about 60 minutes. It was very, very slow. It was army green. And I, if I was going up hills and I let off the, the accelerator, it would backfire and sell it sounded like a shotgun, man. It about, I peed my pants when I was 18 years old, man. Just, oh, scared the daylights out of me. But that car, it wasn't beautiful, but it got me places when I put fuel in it. And so there's a lot of people, man, they're like, man, my prayers aren't getting answered. Nothing's going right here. And it's because their faith isn't working. Why? Because faith works by love. You cannot hate people and have a faith life. 
No, you, you can't have hate. And you, you know, and, and I'm sorry, but you can't go on hating people, then praying to God and expecting stuff to happen. It's not going to happen because prayers get answered by faith and faith works by love. And if you've got hate in your heart, it's, it's not going to happen. We're not being mean. We're trying to help people here that you cannot let bitterness get control of your heart. And, you know, there's some people I see like they're doing great. They're, you know, they're moving along in the Lord and then somewhere along the line, man, bitterness got in their heart. Maybe bitterness over, I mean, any number of things. They could, they could be mad at politicians. They could be mad at their friends. They could be mad at their boss. They could be mad at their circumstances, whatever it is. And in no time at all, bitterness will cripple the Christian and bring them to their knees. Bitterness and unforgiveness and hatred quicker than anything else. Why? Because it is the exact opposite of what God is. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For anyone that loves is born of God and knows God. Anyone that does not love does not know God. For God is love. Hatred, bitterness, rage, these are exact opposites of God. And that's why they will pull you away from God quicker than anything else. Do not let bitterness get hold of your heart. It'll it'll destroy your life. It affects everything you do. I'm going to show you one last verse tonight. First Peter three, seven, this verse was written to husbands. This was written to men. I believe that it applies to everybody though. The last part of it, first Peter three, seven. So husbands, men, you especially listen, but ladies, you've got to get this too. first Peter three, seven, first Peter three, seven, new living translation. It says this, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Now, here's the last thing that I want to get at. It says, treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Husbands, if you treat your wife bad, it'll hinder your prayers. It's just, it's the truth. But the same thing is absolutely true for everybody. Ladies, you treat your husbands bad. It's, it's going to affect your prayers because your faith works by love too. Children, you're mean to your parents. You let bitterness get you children. It'll affect your prayers. Teens, it's going to do the same thing to you. Everybody, everywhere, the way that you, uh, you treat other people, it can hinder your prayers. And if bitterness, even if it's justified, even if your feelings, you know, make sense and they're justified, that doesn't matter. It just says forgive. It just says let go and let it just says, you know, give it all to the Lord. It doesn't say unless, you know, you're really right in this instance and they were super wrong. Then, yeah, hold on to it. Just let yeah, just live with that man. Cuddle up to that bitterness every night. Just snuggle up to it, man. Yeah. No, it can't be that way. Bitterness will hinder your prayers and it'll just shut things down, man. And I've seen bitterness, just someone that was going 100 miles an hour for the Lord. Mm. Pull the plug. They're done. They're dead in tracks, man. They're not going anywhere because bitterness got a hold of their heart and it now controls their life. It affects the decisions they make. It affects where they go, where they won't go. It affects who they'll talk to, who they won't talk to. It affects, you know, where they decide they're going to eat at. It affects, you know, the way they treat their, their, their wives and their children and their husbands. It affects everything because your heart, it determines the course of your life and your heart affects everything you do. Your heart is so important. And so it says, Proverbs 4.23, you've got to remember this. It's all coming down to this right here. Guard your heart 
above all else. It affects everything. You, you've got to take it so serious that you are not going to let stuff get into your heart. You may hear bad news. You may hear gossip. You may hear this and that and fearful things and all this stuff. But you're like, no, 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 no. In the name of Jesus, I bind that right now. I'm not listening to that. It's not getting a hold of my heart. No, you have no right to come and take root in my heart. Absolutely not. Not going to do it. I am guarding my heart above all else. And, and when you begin to take it serious, man, you'll change the TV shows you watch. You'll change the music you listen to. You'll change the... I mean, when you determine, I can't afford to let somebody stab me in the heart with their gossip. I can't afford to let fear get me. I can't afford to let... When you finally get the revelation of how important that this is, it'll affect everything you do. It changed the TV shows that I watch. It changed the movies that I watch. It changed the things that I say. It changed the, the things. It changed everything about me when I get a realization and a revelation that this has got to be guarded because it affects everything else I do. And so tonight we're going to we'll leave it at this. Whatever it is that we're dealing with, whatever it is that we're going through. Listen, you can keep clinging to that. That's fine. You can cling to the bitterness. You can cling to the fear. You can cling to the gossip. Whatever it is, you just keep letting it take root. That's fine. Nobody's going to make you stop that. But just don't be surprised when you start to reap the, the harvest off of those seeds. Because whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. You reap what you sow. And if you're letting those seeds be planted into your heart, you're going to reap that harvest every time, man. You're going to reap what's planted into your heart. It's going to come out of your mouth and it's going to affect everything you do. So instead of planting those in your heart, plant the word of God. Plant prayer, plant, plant love, plant good seeds and good things will start to come out. So that's it tonight. Guard your heart above all else. It affects everything you do. The three shotgun things that, that we talked about tonight, bring them all into the bullseye right here and guard your heart. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.